Welcome to What Have You with Rachel Jankovic and Rebecca Merkel. This audio is brought to you by Canon Press. Welcome back to What Have You. I'm Rachel Jankovic. I'm Rebecca Merkel. Yep. And we made it through the 4th of July. Made it through our big... I made... Becca... What? I posted on our... I saw. That I, saw. I was not being a hypocrite. I made I pies know. for the 4th of July. But guess who was a hypocrite? Guess I who didn't make any pie on I, the 4th of July? I, I delegated covenantally, and Belle made like 900,000 pies in my kitchen. But only one that came to our house, <sighs> which it, was mm, chocolate. Yeah. 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 Okay. We have work Fine. to do, apparently. Fine. No, actually, I was really quite delinquent on getting to the pies. Yeah. And then it was my hypocrisy that came over me quickly, and I whizzed out three pies. But I think the strawberry rhubarb one was actually really good this time. Yeah. Yeah. Well, it's... I feel like strawberry rhubarb pie is a magic elixir. It's just, because it's the top... I love it so it much. It touches everything that pie ought to have, like the tartness and the brightness. Yeah. And there was a, a boy at your house... For the fourth oh, of July, a visitor, yeah, a visitor who he tasted strawberry rhubarb for the first time, and he <laughs> was a delight to watch because he's the he person would, I'd like to invite to like, come back. Whoa, whoa! This is so, what is this, Dad? What is this? What? <laughs> this is amazing. Then he leaves. Then he comes back a few minutes later. It goes. This is mind blowing. <laughs> but he's just saying it like to his parents. It was. It was just. Fabulous. I, that's the person I'd like to just extend a warm welcome to always yeah. come. Come anytime. Yeah. Uh-huh. You're going to be that kind of an enthusiast. You're always welcome at it's my the table. Best. <laughs> it really is. Yeah, so I think we might try another video like that of something. Yeah, we should do it. We should be less long winded next time, but you know. Well, I we thought, did cover a lot of territory. I thought our fatal error was that we didn't think to make the other people who were there cut the apples slice things. We could have been done much true. faster. It's but true. I think they edited a lot of that out, I assume. I didn't watch Probably. it. Probably. Alright. So, Becca, we need to talk about well, cold. Oh, you guys. So, here's the thing. This is time sensitive, so you know, get out your calendar real quick while we talk. Act now. Act For a limited time. Yeah. Okay, so here's the thing. Um, every, well, for the last few summers, it's relatively new, there's a Worldview Conference for teens. It's like high school age, 15 and up, I think. Um, here in Moscow, it's most of a week. There's lots of activities and teams and talks and all sorts of stuff. And it's a lot of fun. And it's been really popular, and there's a waiting list. Like, it's hard to... It's well, really And it was very yeah. maxed out this year. So... Um, and up until yesterday, we were still holding on to hope that it would happen because Idaho has been opening back up and everything. But locally, they clamped back down again and it became obvious that it's just not going to be able to happen. So instead of it being what it was going to be, they are moving the plenary talks to online and um, this is going to be next week. So... What is today, like the 7th? Today's Tuesday. July 7th. 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 Okay, so it's going to be next week, a week from today. Um, 
and what they're thinking is, is if you want all the students who are signed up are going to get their team t-shirts and everything. They're going to get all that in the mail. But um, if schools or churches want to host their own like mini youth group watch party kind of a thing, you can register for that and they'll send you t-shirts and stuff. stuff. They will send you swag. So... Um, Basically, too bad for us, we can't do it in person, yeah. but it's a good time for people who couldn't have come yeah. in person to be able and to participate. And it was going to be great. Actually, the talks looked like they were going to be really good. So, anyway, if you're interested in that, go to it's nsa.edu um, slash called conference. I think it's called dash conference. But anyhow, it is a bit time sensitive because this is happening next week because they're having to pivot quickly. From doing it in person They're having to, to not. improvise, adapt, and overcome. As we all are these days. Very much so. That's the truth. Yep. Yeah, so anyways. So that's happening. Also, I should tell everyone about this. I got my two slabs of marble. It happened. And I had a, num a number of fabulous people contact me and say, if you want me... To talk to my friend, I might be able to help you get... Anyway, that was very cool, and I wish I'd thought to mention this on the podcast sooner, but it all came together. I have two slabs of marble in my driveway, and we got it home. We had to drive it like 100 miles, and we got it home and got it out of the trailer, and it's in my driveway, and nobody died and the marble is intact. So congratulations. Well, that's a major congratulations. This was yeah. This was way quite to a, source that quite a time. I mean, I just kept thinking, like you know, we have a car and a trailer. Think of the people that were trying to get big slabs of marble hither and thither with a donkey and a cart. Yeah, you know. Yeah, makes you appreciate. Those people who built those beautiful, huge, massive things back in the day. Yeah, so much work went so, into that kind of thing. So much work. So deeply much. Uh-huh. Anyway, so here we are. Rachel? Yeah, I'm being kind of a dud, I think. I need to, like, snap to and come up with something to say of interest. Yeah. I was, I was telling too. you on our way here that I have been listening to this audiobook that's like 30 hours long and definitely over my head, but <laughs> still all the same fascinating and I'm liking it. I feel like the reason it's over my head is because it's an audiobook, for one thing, <laughs> which means that like listening to a history book read out loud, I find denser, denser academic works, you do tend to stop to like loiter over a sentence or like... Yeah. I, where you go back to the beginning of the sentence to make sure you understood that. But yeah. when you're listening to an audiobook, it just trots on past you, and you're like, well, I yeah. got the main essence <laughs> of the thing. Luke's been listening to it. It's called, um, I'm going to double check so I don't. It's quite cool, though. Uh, it's called Albion's Seed, and it is about, yeah, Albion's Seed. It's 30 hours long. But it's talking about. Uh, British folkways in America, and it's a really interesting, like, a historic um, narrative for how we have different cultures in America that we really do have, like Southern yeah. culture, Appalachian, like that, like Virginia, 
versus like New England, like mm-hmm. the but how these people came from regions in Britain, how they were it was so formative. Yeah. How you even have an accents of people groups reflections of regions in Britain right. now. Yeah. And like the southern accent actually has its mm-hmm. you know, and it, it's amazing. It's anyways, it's just sort of an exploration of how these things and when he says folkways, he's talking about like kind of cultural ways, but he talks about the ways of like architecture and love, like the, like Mm -hmm. the sorts of behaviors around those things Mm -hmm. and where, how they originated and how that's actually still active. Yeah. And really interesting. Anyways, one of the things that was cool is that at the same time, so I have to tell you, I haven't even gotten to this part yet. Luke's been listening to it and he told me about it. So <laughs> now you know I'm going to mull it because it's from several hours ahead of where I am. Okay. All right. <laughs> but <clears throat> struggling about how one people group that would be like the, what would be the appellation probably, the the Crackers. origin of the rednecks. <laughs> yeah, like the real cracker redneck situation. But Which, redneck, I, I think it's more cracker because redneck yeah. is a little broad. But anyway. Yeah, yeah, yeah sure. Mm. That the origins of, of that in that group would talk about their leisure way, like recreation, the the folk way of leisure, the way that people viewed leisure. Okay. That that's the origin of where we say just killing time. That they're killing time, oh. like, and that that's still we all are familiar with that phrase. It's an mm-hmm. it's part of American culture to say I'm just killing time. Yeah, but that the Puritans, the Protestants, the, the Puritans at the same time were would talk of redeeming the time, huh? And that both of those are things that are present in American culture in different places, and yeah. probably all of us have used both of those different, you know, we were familiar with both of those. The one is like trying to turn a profit on your time or doing something for leisure that will be productive. Yeah. And the other is literally killing the time. (laughs) (laughs) And I just thought that is, there's a lot. There will be nothing left of it when I'm done. Exactly. Nothing to show. (laughs) Nothing, nothing coming back from this. I thought what an interesting thing to think about. In terms of your entertainment or whatever, like, are you, are you, are you killing or redeeming? Yeah. So one of the other interesting things is that in that culture, the, the Appalachian thing is that like, uh, sex before marriage was not really particularly frowned upon. It was not, it was kind of just an accepted part of life. So like a girl getting pregnant before she was married probably just happened, but Every last ounce of social pressure would be on the man has to marry her. Like that, the, and then it's interesting because that's actually still very present in some parts of American culture hmm. that we're not expecting you to be pure, but we are expecting you to follow this through. To be respectable now. Yeah, like now you've got to clean this thing up or whatever. It just really is interesting. Huh. But there's lots of stuff. I was telling Becca, the, the, it's there's a lot of stuff in that Puritan time where you're like, wow. (laughs) (laughs) 
and us telling her that they had some official man of business or one a man for every ten households who would come make sure you were living decently and in order in your house. Like, I can't think of any kind of power situation that could be so bad as that one. Like someone coming <laughs> to inspect your homes, coming to see, coming how to check you are. if they're gonna need to send you away or not. <laughs> <laughs> And then they said they found one man living by himself, and they were like, well, that's against the rules. You can't do that. So he had to find a home to live in in six weeks with a family unit or go to jail. (laughs) Which did he choose? I'm not sure. He was that lone ranger for that time. He was found to be alone, and they were like, nope, can't do that. But I was telling her, I can't even imagine the weird kind of squicky pressure that it would be to have left one country to go try to start a new, a whole new society trying to hang on to the good things and eradicate the bad things. I I, I feel like it'd be everybody snapping chalk lines every which... Oh my word. That is how I felt too. And you feel like they would be so... It would be so intense. Oh, I yeah. mean, intensity, intensities, and they were very funny. Like they're in the Massachusetts, uh, they were in Massachusetts. They would send people away. Like if people were not meeting their <laughs> meeting their expectations for their new society, they were like, "Well, you're gonna have to go." <laughs> I think that's really kind of amazing, but you know, yeah, you know, and a little cancel culture going back then too. Yeah, and it was, (laughs) but it was, it's so fascinating. Like in the in Massachusetts, where they all in that Massachusetts Bay Colony when they were all there, that that it was colder Mm then when they first settled. It was like called the Mini Ice Age. It was actually a really cold time. And that that was actually really protective, even though they had a lot of problems. They did not have the diseases, mm, like it actually, yeah. and it kept the, like, illnesses in water and stuff. Like there was a lot, of, like the the problems that faced settlers in like Virginia was not the same as New England because New England had a much, um, and also that in in some places. There was like one woman for every hundred and fifty men or something in some but Good not heavens. but not the Puritans who almost all came in family units, like husbands and wives, right. and they were like really pretty close right. to just a standard society ratio of men to wow. women. Anyways, really interesting. I'm telling yeah. you, it just trots by me on the audio, and I go, wow, wow. And then I'm like, what was that? I would like to quote that, but I have no idea where what it said. <laughs> or I also need a big map of England, because he's always referring to all the counties in yes. England, and I really don't know yes. where they are. I have no instinct that way. No. So I'm like... I lived there. I still don't have an instinct. Yeah, but you can tell that the that the author is could... expecting you to sort of yeah. know what you're talking about. But there were like... There were like the, I don't know. I feel like it's a little bit like here we have Laytock County is the county, but then there's the Palouse, which is not mm-hmm. a, it's not a governmental thing. It's a terrain thing. And yeah. I kind of feel like the same thing happened in England, but I could never keep track of which was which. And there are, there are overlays, yeah. you know, of what we're talking yeah. about. And it, but that's what I can tell that my absence of knowledge about that is, is keeping me back yeah, from fully little, tapping in. 
That'll hold you back. But for I sure. recommend it as a bizarre listen, and it really does. It really does make you appreciate your. Uh, it really does make you appreciate your life situation that you're not <laughs> in that one. <laughs> I also thought it was really funny. If you're getting a little tired of 2020, yes, somebody said on there that they're that no, I mean it was a quote from someone in the book, but said that New Englanders invented the rocking chair so that they could move while sitting. (laughs) (laughs) And apparently, a bunch of visitors in New England were like, "What on earth?" They said even the children seemed to only run from place to place, (laughs) not walk. They were like wildly industrious people. But then, it's actually been proven that the climate. That the climate actually is, like, optimized for human activity. Like, energy levels because of the climate. That they actually were a highly energetic people with a real mission and a goal. And sending out inspectors for family life. (laughs) I feel like I could use a little I thought the same. I was like, tell me more about this climate that keeps you going. But you can see how that's not the case in all climates. When you have the real hot time, mm-hmm. you have whole cultures mm-hmm. that are like, let's mm-hmm. nap all day. Yeah. Let's, this and, is where the hammock was invented, New England no is not the land of the siesta. Or <laughs> And it, I just thought it was really interesting that that's why. Yeah. yeah. It, no, it's true. The land of the siesta is an interesting piece because... I was quite surprised when we were in France and... <laughs> And we had to go somewhere for dinner, so we were like, oh, we should stop and get them a gift on the way, you know, grab something. And there was this little village, so we toddled on into the village. The whole place was shut down, and we were like, well, that's weird. Maybe it's a holiday that we don't know about. It's like, is it Bastille Day? No. That's all we could think of. Yeah. Then we were like, maybe it's that time when France quits for weeks and months on end. Like, is that what happens in the summertime? Anyway, turned out, no. No, it was just their daily siesta time. I mean, they don't call it a siesta, I guess, but it's like the endless lunch that they just don't come back until later. (laughs) But, but like, we trolled around in the village for quite a while and then decided that everything was... It was too late. We were all boarded up for a holiday. And then, no, they were just having their nap. Like, what? Who does that? (laughs) But those sorts of things, that's part of what's so interesting, is that those things actually are long-standing cultural traditions that are actually inherited from somewhere and enforced by weird yeah. social, like, yeah. people thinking exactly. this is important. Because you oh. feel like you could really make a buck if you decided to stay open all lunch, but then you're like, no, probably not, because nobody would come to Yeah, because everybody enforces it. Also, the Puritans, <laughs> weirdly, so if you think, like, Boston... And stuff that is still that that New England elite is a thousand percent the direct legacy of. But the, I thought beca- that that was the kind of Eastern Seaboard. I haven't read the book. Just from well, what, well from I've what listened I've heard. from. Okay, but but that. But they were like the aristocrats who came. Yeah, but it was also Puritan. The these people. Well, I he's talking about them being Anglian, like the. Anglian, like from England, this group, this region, okay. East Anglia, yeah, right, whatever. That they were the first people to start like the thing where they were deliberately keeping family names, like naming children after their parents. Okay, was a thing. Keeping the families, 
the the elite families marrying the elite families. Mm-hmm. I mean, it is exactly the society page. But then the Appalachians didn't they come from like Ireland and yeah? There's Scotland I haven't gotten and, to that part, but okay. you're gonna have to wait till next time we podcast I for me to fill you in on more weird deeds. They were they were the aggressive. <laughs> Types who came from the yes, there there are the aggressive types, like the people that were the revolutionary, like the people who were always the conscientious objectors in England, that settled into the the people that we still have now that would love to be in the military and set like the fighters. There's Those like aren't conscientious objectors. That's the opposite of a conscientious objector. Yes, except for the it's just the fighters is what yeah. I mean. The fighters who will fight on whatever yeah. topic. The fighters. So conscientious but I'm not sure yet because I haven't listened to that part. I'm just telling you interesting times okay. and things right. to reflect on not having to be. <laughs> Just like, you know... Alive in the 18th century. Yeah, I feel like that would have been very stressful. (laughs) 2020 might have its own special look, but but that one is even scarier. I I posted this today. It came up on my Facebook memories, and it made me laugh, because it was some road construction by our house. And it's from like six years ago, but I'm driving down the road, and there's a road closed sign. It's barricaded off. It says, road closed. Then there's two signs, one on either side. It says, no left turn, no right turn. Then there's another sign that says, detour, with an arrow pointed both directions. (laughs) So you're like, what is it? Uh And I feel like it's 2020. That's what it is. 2020 in a nutshell. There's a detour either way. Also, no right, no left. Also, road closed. I feel like that's going to be, I think that's going to be the, um, that it's to riff off of that quote. It's... (laughs) 2020 in a nutshell, an appropriate receptacle. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I've always like. I know. I would really like it if we look back later on 2020 as being the year of doom and not the 20s. You oh know? man, I Becca. <laughs> We already did the, there were the roaring 20s, and, and now what, are they going to be the manic the, 20s? The bellowing 20s. <laughs> the frantic 20s. <laughs> the fussy. Oh, no. the I hadn't even fussy thought about 20s. that. The fussy 20s. What if it's only the beginning of a fresh new decade of fun? <laughs> Where we have all become all really, the time really petty, tedious to Petty monsters, to say yeah. the least. I think, I think yeah. I'm so... You can just be so thankful that God actually knows what he's doing and is in charge. Yes. Because, man, there's no hope if you don't think that. No? If you no. don't think that there is a an overarching scheme for also, what's happening here. someone who is in control of the virus, and it goes where he wants it to, because, gosh, everyone trying to, like, <laughs> run around and and clear a path for the virus and clear out this other place so the virus doesn't go there. It's like, it's a virus you guys. It's like it's so, we, we can't mastermind where the virus goes. It's no, like trying to control big, the wind. For all of our big pompous thoughts that were so incredibly <laughs> scientific. <laughs> well, We haven't really mastered this one. Well, if you think about it we did get a little above ourselves thinking that we could control the weather. And everybody, well, everybody true. got there. Like we all thought, if I just do my part, we'll control the weather. And that is really <laughs> funny when you think about it. And once we got ourselves convinced that we could control the weather, 
now we think yeah, we can also we, can't. we can have a say in where the virus is going to go. I don't know. I think that there's a lot of a lot to give one pause <laughs> about 2020. <laughs> but the big takeaway for me has just been the importance. I posted about this the other day, I think on the 4th of July, but that I think a lot about screw tape letters and you think about how we're living in a time that's just so ripe for temptation opportunities. Like, so if you were screw tape and wormwood, that this should be the time when you'd be rubbing your hands together with oh, glee. Yeah. Like we have got them now. We are on it. We are. And, yeah. and I think, you know, think about those and then think about what would discourage and depress wormwood and screw tape and then do that. And the thing, and that really actually is important because it's like gratitude, it's joy, it's not getting well, bogged down in, because I think we have people who are terrified of the virus and we have people who are terrified of the uh, loss of liberty that appears to be going hand in hand with viral protection work. Yeah. And then we have people who split their time on which thing to be more afraid of. <laughs> but we're really struggling to just not be afraid, right? To not just, to just give it to God. But and to still care. That's the thing. To care, to pray, to worship, to, you know, to be To have really, an opinion without being terrified. Yeah. And I, it's a really, anyways, my point is, it's time to thwart. Well... I think what's interesting is that God specifically told us how to fight things like this, and it is the armor of God. Right. And so, if you do want to actually fight the situation, that's how you're going to do it. Like, because yeah. we don't wrestle against flesh and blood, but against principalities and powers, and that is how you deal with things that are way above your pay grade. That's how you deal with it. Yes. And... Though, you know, this is off topic except for you said principalities and powers. Hmm. I often think that the part that really blows the mind reading the book of Daniel mm -hmm. is the part where Daniel's terrified and Daniel is praying. Yeah. And then the angel in comes, comes an angel who's like, I was trying Sorry, to I'm get late. here <laughs> for a couple of days, no, but I've been. Weeks. Three it's weeks. 21 days. He's like, I've been fighting the Prince of Persia, right? Yeah. He's like, I've just been not able to get through the Prince of Persia, so... And... But... Not until your prince, Michael, came and helped me. Yes! Yes! And now I made it here. But, phew, got through. But he says, but you were heard three weeks ago. Yeah, it was trying to get to you to tell you you were heard. <laughs> and I think <laughs> that right there... Isn't uh, like that is a fascinating moment. Plus, of... I think I might be wrong. I'd have to go back and look, but I'm pretty sure that guy, the one who showed up there, I don't think we hear his name because he says your prince, Michael. Yeah, and came I think and one helped. time I thought it was the archangel Michael, but it wasn't. No, because Michael came and helped him. I no, I think that that Michael. I don't think it's the archangel. Why? I don't know. I think. I think well, it whatever. Was. Clearly, I might. I know, I mean, I think I thought it was an archangel who, I was like, it's just beyond, beyond intense. But I think have, it was the archangel Michael is the prince of Israel. 
And I don't know. Then I think Persia. I just remember someone saying, "No, it's not the archangel," and I was like, okay, "Oh well, well maybe I'll I misinterpreted. need to go back and." But the, my point is, uh, that is an incredible, incredible. Uh, you know, mm-hmm. it's just an incredible mm-hmm. and complex and old covenant governmental structure. Yeah, but I mostly yes, I know, but I think I'm trying to say that there are times when being afraid would have made more sense. (laughs) And now that we know that we like, there's no obstacles quite like that anymore. No, because Christ has overcome the principalities and powers. And so actually there is a new structure, Mm -hmm. you know, like there is a new system of governance than there used to be. Yes, totally. Well, and that, that it was so intense because that was what was happening at that time, right? Mm-hmm. So overthrow mm-hmm. of that. Well, that was a random topic shift, but I wanted to say <laughs> it because you, what you said reminded me of it. Thought, yeah, if you want to imagine well, a scary time to have been. Well, but in other mentions about the Archangel Michael, the one I always wish we knew more about is when he was disputing with Satan about the body of Moses. Mm-hmm. And during that time, he did not bring a reviling accusation against him or something like that. Isn't that what it says in Jude? Yeah. But he didn't. So if even Michael, when disputing with Satan about the body of Moses, does not speak disrespectfully. Wait, wait, hang on, hang on, hang on. When what was happening? I know, you're like, could we get a footnote (laughs) about that? Um, But that also just... Since we're shoestringing topics along here, but Moses here, is the one that I was gonna it's say. It's interesting to have, because um, Moses was buried by God. Well, well, apparently they had a, there was a dust up about something. <laughs> but the thing is, is that was the that's the passage that was cited when we were young, and there was that song going around, which I don't know if anyone ever sings anymore, but. It has the verse about if the devil doesn't like it, he can sit on a tack. And, <laughs> and we were not allowed to sing that. And so we had to, speaking of conscientiously objecting, we had to bow out when it came to that verse. Have I told the story, <laughs> I told the story on here before about my, my big conscientious object where I am? Um, it's pretty good. It is pretty good. I don't know which one you're talking about. If you're talking about the time I refused to sing yeah, Psalm 100. It, no, it was at, in fifth grade I bowed out of singing <laughs> Psalm 100. <laughs> and the teacher was like, Rachel, why won't you sing this? I think it was in fifth grade. Why are you refusing to sing this? I was like, I think it's disrespectful. <laughs> and they were like, uh, why? And it was because I thought that people were saying... For the Lord, the Lordy is God instead of the Lord He is God. I thought it was I thought it was a nickname for the Lord that I felt we shouldn't be using, and I, I stand by I stand by that decision. Had that been the case, but no. Then worse, I went with a friend to her youth group. This is the one I was yeah, thinking of. and. Uh, there was an edition of Spring Up a Well going around at the yeah. time where there was a lot of emphasis on the hand motions of splish, splash, splish, splash. Yeah. And some people doing the slow splishes and some people doing the fast splishes. <laughs> and there is a verse in that one where it talks about the blood of Jesus and then, then well, the whole unfortunately, is, isn't it? 
Well, no, because, like, if you're just going to splish splash when you say spring up a well and to my soul spring up a well and make me whole. Okay. You can, one presumes we're speaking of water there. But okay. when you get to the blood of Christ and you're asking people to do irreverent Splishes splishing and, splashes, and splashings, yeah. it's a problem. So there I was in the youth group with a friend. <laughs> And I was like, well, I'm going to have to not sing this one. I'm going to have to refuse. So I didn't. And the youth group leader (laughs) calls me out. First, he makes an announcement that if anyone is caught not singing, they're going to have to get up and sing a solo of it. That was good. So he makes that announcement first. Then he says, let's sing spring up a well which I already knew was the one I couldn't sing it was like everything was funneling me into the world's most awkward experience because I didn't belong in this youth group anyways I was not I didn't know the other kids I was just there with a friend yeah I didn't I was not the person who fit in anyway so there I was and then he Rachel I see you're not singing why are you not singing and I'm because I think it's disrespectful. <laughs> Did he let you off? He didn't make me... I mean, I wouldn't have sung it, so he didn't try to make me sing it as a oh, person it's ahead of... It's very awkward. Yeah, I was thinking the other day about... I have this anecdote from the past that... About the time when I was young, when I was fired from a volunteer position. (laughs) And it was an (laughs) interdenominational ministry. And I was young. And I was also um, feeling like it was really important that I be really aware. I was young and I was also aware of the fact that we were not typical Christians. Sure. I knew... Yeah, our family cared about things. We don't do the motions on that verse. We're the people who might say no to spring up a well. We're also the kind of people who say no to a lot of other things. And the devil doesn't like it. He can sit on it. We say no to that. We don't. But sing I think that I one. was more like I was just aware of. I had not done much co-laboring with Christians from really different backgrounds, so I was trying to be really courteous. Sure. Giving the benefit of the doubts, really constantly making up stories and anecdotes to accommodate what made no sense to me that they were saying. <laughs> there were just things that I was really working against my own intuition on it to yeah. try to give Christian women the benefit of the doubt. Yeah. Because they would tell me something that was going on and I would be thinking... That's insane. You can't possibly be living a moral life. But then I would tell myself, self, don't be judgy. Don't be that person who... So I went through a long time like this. And anyways, when I... When it cracked. when, When the story came to fruition in that, I confronted someone on their sin. And... I don't think I've ever before or after been as angry as I was at that time. I think that was my angriest (laughs) anger of all. (laughs) Like, really, genuinely. I think that that phrase, ringing appeal over someone, that I did that. I did that. (laughs) I did not throw anything. I think, but I was so upset because when it finally got to be the point where I couldn't not just say, hey, I think you're probably living in sin. 
here. Yeah. Mm-hmm. When it had finally gotten there, it had been through so much personal effort of mine to not believe that. <laughs> and I think, and I think that I felt like long have I labored to not think you're just immoral, but you are. <laughs> and and anyways, it was a it was a splashing moment. But the thing that I remember, and I think that this is really interesting, is that uh, it was a really formative experience for me because. Yeah. I can remember, so, because I confronted someone about their sin, and then I said that she was going to have to handle it, or I would tell on her to more people who would have authority to do something about it. Right. Uh, Because I'd reached that point in the situation, then she did end up, you know, that, that part of the situation resolved, but someone else who is not a fan of me, who fired me, took over. So when she called me, so I was 18 and I'm like on the phone with someone who's probably like maybe 40, maybe 30s, yeah. just rebuking me up one side and down the other. Like right. so, and all of my guilt feelings right, were firing because I don't. Because when people accuse you of things that you think would be awful of you, or they're just using the tone of voice that is expecting to generate guilt in you, or whatever. And I, when I think back on that, I think it was such a funny and formative time that I remember actually sobbing on the phone with her, saying, I will not apologize (laughs) for this. I didn't, like, it upset me a lot. It was not, yeah. like, a thing that just was easy. Right. It was not just easy to be accused of that. Right. Because I was being accused of a lot of things, you know? Like, there were a lot of things yeah. that were, like, specifically, we did not ask you to keep us accountable. <laughs> and, you know, just stuff yeah. that's, like, you actually don't have, yeah. you can't say you don't want well, another Christian to notice yeah. you. Well, I had a, well, very different in one way, but a similar thing go down just on Saturday because oh, I went to Walmart, as yeah. one does. I went, I had to grab something. I was on my way in. I had a mask in my purse, which if Walmart had asked me to put on, I was ready to do it. If they asked me, I didn't see any signs. I see the greeter. I say hello and... He says hello and nothing. So I went on in. And to be then, clear that in Moscow right now, there's an order for six feet of distance or a mask. Yeah. So if you are unable to social distance, you have to wear but a mask. But there is an or in there. But there, but also that was fresh, brand new. So Right. Anyway, so I go in and then I suddenly was like, ah, I forgot a cart. So um, because I remembered something else. Like I was going in for one thing and then I remembered something else. So I was like, ah, I should go back and get a cart. So I'm on my way back out the door at this point, but I'm still inside the store, but kind of right there in the meet and greet time in Walmart on Saturday at noon. So it's real busy. Mm -hmm. I'm the only person who isn't wearing a mask and a lady just comes up and starts reaming me in the middle of Walmart and same thing, trying to make me feel really guilty. Yeah, but because she was that's... like, I have a lung condition and it's going to be your fault if I get sick and everything. And she's trying to hand me a mask and make me put it on. 
Mm-hmm. And so I was like, I'm so sorry that you have a lung condition. And she was so angry and so like, no, don't be sorry. Put the mask on. It's not that hard. And I just was like, this is not okay. This is yeah. not all right social discourse wise. I This is not how no. we should be behaving to one another in public now. So I'm start, I'm trying to just be like, no, thanks. You can keep it. And thanks anyways. I'm actually going to head out the door here right now. And she will not let it go. And she's getting louder. And a crowd is gathering around. And she's holding this mask out and trying to make me put it on. And it was just like her shouting at me that there is a law. But the thing is, is... She was just she was a random she's a random patroller. She wasn't like in any kind of authority and I just was in that thing where she was clearly working the guilt angle. Like yeah. you have to feel guilty because when I die is going to be your fault because my you... blood is on your head. Yeah, right. Yeah. Right. And so it is very difficult in that moment, like, it would be so easy to just be like, oh, I'm so sorry. Okay, yes, I'll, no, I'll just put that on. Oh, okay, you didn't want me to say that you're in sin. I'm so sorry. I'll just right. for, forget I mentioned it. Well, that's the thing. It's like, oh, please, please forgive me for upsetting your yep. complicated network of sin covering up. <laughs> which is, you know, but, but yeah. the pressure to do that is huge. And all of you who are listening, I'm sure, have had situations like this where people are making you feel unloving for not saying someone's a woman when they're a man or making you feel unloving for not wanting a gay couple to spend the night in your house or thinking that, you know, like the pressure that gets put on you and how much you have to just be like, actually, no. Yeah. And the thing is, I get that like your situation and mine are wildly different in one way. But the thing is, is it's really important to not... Um, allow yourself to feel guilty if it's not something that God wants you to feel guilty for. Right. And, and, and like, if I had mundane, been... less cultural shaking sorts of ways, yeah. Christian women are epic at manipulating one another emotionally. Yeah. And to have it's such a good thing to not give in to false guilt about yeah. stuff. Like, there's a lot of kind of like, I don't feel adequately loved. Right. And then you're like, oh no, I'm so sorry. But you have to ask yourself, did you do something unloving to that person or are they just working it? Right. (laughs) They're working the angles. And the thing is, is like, if I had gone up to that woman and sneezed on her food or something, you know, like that's, that's very different, but she just sort of accosted me out of the blue and was screaming at me. And the thing is, is to give into that is whatever you think about the mask situation, that's a very, very particular form of coercion that I just don't think Christians should have any business. Also one other, and another version of that is the, um, because of course putting the mask on is one thing, but there's, but there's always different little, little, like you have to do this or, you know, and so like in Christian circles, sometimes people are like, you need to apologize for having hurt someone's feelings. And then one of the interesting things will be if you examine the situation and you know that you were not in sin, like, you know, you Mm -hmm. are not, there was no malice. There was no, you know, like, you actively love that person. You have no, yeah. like, you don't need to confess anything because it was not a sin. Right. Then people will say all the time, 
do the hard thing and apologize. But anyone who has been in a situation where they refuse to apologize in that kind of context knows that it is by far the harder path to take. In the same way as just accommodating petty coercion is not the... Like, that's not the hard thing. That's the easy thing. No, because to be honest, like, in that moment, it would have been way easier for me to be like, oh, I have a mask right here. I'll put it on. Let me just put it on. Because a crowd is gathering around. She's shouting at me. She won't let go. Like, the whole thing was being absolutely extra and not at all my favorite. No. And I just was trying to be like, well, I'm going to head out and you have a good day and thanks anyways. And that is actually much uncomfortable. Way harder or, you know, actually saying to someone, are you sleeping with your boyfriend? That's yeah. way harder oh, it's than a, just it's overlooking 12, it. It's 12,000 times harder to go be the person yeah. to have to take that awful step. And then to be, I mean, it was so, the whole situation is so disturbing and upsetting. But the, but the reality is that that is, the Christian path is not to, actually, this blew by in the, um, Albion Seed, it was one of the things I would have gone back and read again because okay. he was referencing uh, keratos, which I think is I'm a smooth Greek word, but he was saying it was which is why I was wishing, um, anyways like charity, about the origin of Christian charity. Okay. Anyways he was saying that it was an expectation in the Puritan society that part of part of the give and take of society was receiving and giving admonitions. Mm. That that was an expectation yeah. of Christian charity okay. was not to not touch on each other's yeah. problems, but to actually be both good at receiving it and good at giving it. When but needed. also, I would say giving admonitions is different than becoming the rogue bully in Walmart, which is kind of. I didn't mean that person. No, yeah. no, no. But I'm just saying, actually, yeah. because there are some Christians like we're talking about it being the harder path to to like step out and say the difficult thing. Mm-hmm. But there are other people who feel that they have the spiritual gift of rebuke who do yeah. like to go around with the fly swatter and for all of 2020's year of making fun of Karens. Oh, we are we actually are. in the business of producing Karens by the truckload. Oh, I know. <laughs> and so anyway, I'm just saying like some people might, the hard thing for them might be actually to dial it back. Because giving yeah, yeah, yeah. giving admonitions if is you love not... if you actually love to rebuke right. then that's not a good thing. Are you I, are you the kind of person who wishes they were the parking meter maiden the the, no. the one who could go around writing tickets? Because if you're that person, probably or you don't need al- to rebuke alternatively, more. Alternatively, are you the person who wishes you could go around just giving free hugs to people and oh. pouring on the affection? Then probably you might need to any any direction you lean hard you need to lean against. Yeah, I've often quoted that that um, reporter that said, you know, do you have a thick skin? It's like, no, I just have different priorities. Mm, yeah, like it's not so much about enjoying the conflict as it is about caring about something else. Yeah, more. Uh, yeah, and I, but I do think that there are people who just enjoy the conflict. Oh, there and, are, and there that's are. certainly yeah. not what. Or they we love hope for. going around pointing out other people's failings, and that is, um, that's a very different situation. I think like, the real problem with pointing out everyone else's failings is just that 
you're missing the best show, which is closest to home. <laughs> you know? It's like, yeah. don't you have enough to do yeah. right there? Why do you think they're zipping on these track suits to the tree trunks? Is it deer prevention? No, but it's... The city truck is here, guys, something? just so you know. Putting on little tarp skirts on some <laughs> trees. Yeah. Gophers? I don't know. Gatlin. <laughs> Beavers? <laughs> Could be anything. <laughs> Anyways, I think that that problem, and I guess we had mentioned, Becca, maybe we should talk about them. Um, that maybe we should talk about that living, being slandered, or what, like, Ugh. and this is kind of part of that. It's just like refusing to feel guilt for things that you can't control. Or like Dad said that one time when Mom was like, Dad, they're just... It's just lies, you know, because our church has been featured again in the front page of the newspaper. Well, and to, to just add some context, the new mask law in town is likely because our church met. And when they, they put it when on they the front make, page of the paper. They're making a deal about our church and also about the unsafety of having us in the town. Yeah. And also exposing... There's church they're, member businesses. They're doing a full doxing it. thing. They're publishing people's yeah. phone numbers. They're telling everyone this to boycott time, Christians. This is a time Not where... Not Christians. People in our church, Christians. No, but this is just a time where we are facing... Not that it is a severe persecution, but it is actually as severe as it could be. Like, it's as severe as yeah. the people who want to persecute us have access to, yeah. if that makes sense. If they if they could run us out of town and burn our houses down, I think they probably would. <laughs> there was but a, they can't. There was somebody advocating that on Twitter yeah. yesterday oh, really? to burn New St. Andrews to the ground. <laughs> <laughs> yep. Well, so bud, that'll be fun for you. It's actually quite legit. They're publishing people's phone numbers. No, but the point numbers. is, just because they don't actually have the strength to do worse is not, um, it is not because they don't have the desire. That's but where the, is it? Is it in First Peter that says, like, brethren, do not think it strange concerning yeah. the fiery trial? No, it's, like, it's just like, yeah. Here's the thing. We, I keep wanting to be like... This is so crazy. And it's like, don't think like, it's strange. It's actually, actually not crazy. It's just it's, life of being a Christian. Yeah. And So know. anyway, that explains perhaps some of the context of the mask situation. Because still, to this day, we've not had a single case go into the hospital, as far as I've heard, right? I don't think we've had any. No. Our hospital has had an extra emergency tent up the whole time and we've had nobody not at all a in the hospital. One. So it's not like we're living in the in the fumes of COVID right well, here. Well, no, but no, I have no doubt that it will continue to grow here. Yeah, I just probably. also it's just also whatever. Anyway. But the point is is it's not there's quite a lot more packed into our current moment. Right. It's here. funny and it and the the loathing for people in our church has become somewhat pronounced. <laughs> Somewhat. In some quarters, you know, yeah. like there are people who are just so angry about our church being here. But anyways, the point is, sometime years ago when something kind of similar to this was happening, mom was like, Doug, but it's just lies. Because it is actually remarkable to pick up a, a yeah. newspaper, like a newspaper, yeah. and read things that are complete and total untruths about <laughs> you in it. And all the way back in the day, this happened when they... um did a news story on a conference that we were having here that was a conference on the American Revolution. 
well, and the just, French Revolution. It was on yeah, Revolution. Revolution in and general. It, and but like it the was Marxist Revolution. Yeah, yeah, but it was a history conference on Revolution. But yeah. they busted up a news story that it was a <laughs> conference on slavery for yeah. slavery. Advocating think, it. Advocating slavery, which it... Which it just never was in no. thought or deed or anything. It never had been. And but that news story was actually picked up by the Associated Press. So you can still find it like as oh, yeah. a matter of public record yeah. that we were having a conference on slavery and we weren't. <laughs> Ever. Like it it no. didn't ever happen. And the University of Idaho a bunch of professors gave their students extra credit to come protest yeah. our conference on slavery, which we were never having. It was so weird. It was basically not weird though, as Becca says. Yeah. It was not weird weird. But my point is all of those things, you can still find just yeah. the most unsightly lies about us. <laughs> or you can find that I'm a grievous heretic who teaches yeah. justification by, by your best effort. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it just makes me laugh because you're like, what? No, never did, never yeah. have, never, sh yep. never will. But you were, you were finishing. Your oh yeah, story yeah. There. Mom was like, but they're just lies. And as Dad said, he was like, yeah, but Nancy, that's that is their weapon. That is what they have to fight with. And why would we think the unbelievers would fight with the truth? Because <laughs> that's never been their mo. And no. and actually. That's a thing that I tell my little kids. Most of my kids are bigger than this now, mm -hmm. but they're the two littlest. Where I just say, if you tell a lie and you get away with it, it is, maybe your parents don't see it, but God sees it. And it's like if you have two football teams playing, lies are the uniform of the enemy. Yeah. And truth is the uniform of God's people. God sees you. Mm -hmm. running over to the locker room of the enemy <laughs> and getting a different jersey on. He sees it. Like, it doesn't right. matter. You don't fight for the enemy. You don't use the enemy's tools. Yeah. You don't do it. So, Exactly. And I do think that it's, uh, you know, like, there's a lot that the New Testament says about being slandered because that is an old, old play that the enemy runs. Mm -hmm. And being slandered by definition means they're telling lies about you. And it doesn't matter how petty it is. They might be saying you don't care about other people's lives. You don't care yeah. about your neighbor. You don't care about keeping people. Whatever it is, if it's a lie and you're being slandered, don't worry about it. Because actually give that it to God. is... Give it to God. And not just that. Count it all joy. Like yeah, you're, I do you're want... supposed to be... Exceeding glad when this right. happens. I want to say something though, because you know, Lady Wisdom and Lady Folly are both out in the marketplace, like out in the streets, crying right. out to everyone. And I would say that's our social discourse, right? We have these streets of all these different people crying out. And in talking about lies and slander, that we're talking about the people who are deliberately trying to sell lies in the yeah. marketplace. But there's a awful lot more Christian women who are not doing that, but who are the first, uh, like they're there bidding on them, snatching them up, yeah. taking them home. And, and yep. like, and that is a reason why, especially in this age of such politicized writing and news and all of these things that Christians need to be so, so disinterested in sensationalized. Um, you know, sometimes you'll open up a like you'll something will come across your way, you know, like a much shared story or yeah. something. And you think, but how do I know that that's what happened? Oh, yeah. Like, how do we like 
why would we be citing this could so easily be just lies? And, well, you and I have said that before, that, like, having been lied about all over the internet makes you not believe the things that people breathlessly tell you about other people on the internet. You're just like, yeah, but you know what, there's some real... (laughs) choice bits about things I never did. <laughs> like, you could drum up an article of sensational oh, yeah. bad deeds that I'd never even heard of that I'm yeah. guilty for. And I, anyways, I'm just saying it's really important that Christian women be so anchored in God's word and the basics of our faith and that yep. we're not frantically running around accusing people and, and yeah. snapping up dirty stories on <laughs> someone's pastor who may have at one time you know like yeah there's a yeah. world of that out oh, there there is and that is very much i think part of part of the whole play that's being run totally is, is don't fall for the lies don't tell lies don't um, believe lies and on the other hand there's an element of like uh that's real simple are you part of the problem or part of the solution and if you're neither of those things then it's probably not your business yep Right? So, agreed. just maybe don't. Agreed. All right. So, there's all well, of that, I guess. Slung together. I some know things. that what's going to happen is I'm going to go home and start listening again to that book and then notice all the things I said that were factually inaccurate. But what I'm telling you is it's an interesting book and yeah. you also should all listen right. to so, it. So, there's your plug, guys. Yeah. 30 hours of bliss listening to <laughs> <laughs> listening to weird historical fragments. <laughs> All right. Until next time. Bye bye. Bye. Thanks for listening to this week's edition of What Have You. This audio is brought to you in part by New St. Andrews College. Are you wondering if any college will be open this fall? Look no further than New St. Andrews College. Graduating leaders who shape culture, living faithfully under the Lordship of Jesus Christ.